Welcome to another episode of Roma Happens Podcast. My name is Greaves. I'm joined by Char, as usual, or as you may know him, uh, Andrea Tacobelotti. Uh, what's with the name, dude? What does that mean? Tell us. I'm not known as Andrea Tacobelotti in the server. I'm known as Tiago Pinto Beans. Where? Oh, is that the Roma? No, yeah, that's the Roma yeah, server. Yeah, the Roma server. I'm Thiago sure. Pinto Beans. In this server, I'm Andrea Taco Bellati. <laughs> uh, a wordplay on Taco Bell. If you're as dumb as I am, um, well, no, there's a there's a reason behind it. The because like Taco Bell, Andrea Bellati comes on cheap and only comes on when we're getting blown out. <laughs> blown out. Yes. Is it a shotgun reference? No. Oh. The diarrhea reference. <laughs> um, well, this is a podcast that will have to um, be the coach of Roma next time we go to San Siro because Jose got red carded again against Atlanta. What do you make of the controversial call that led to it, Char? Did you see it as a foul on Lukaku or Lukaku fouled? Or was it a no call? I feel like Atalanta got away with a lot of stuff. Um, there was a questionable call whether or not Dybala should have uh, got a penalty. Uh, that one got left alone. Lukaku getting his shirt pulled. But on the other end, Mancini basically put uh, one of the Atalanta attackers in a headlock and brought him to the ground. So he broke his neck, yeah. 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 So it 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 goes it kind of goes both ways. Uh, I think I forget the statistic, but I think Mourinho uh, picked up his was his third or fourth red card this season. I don't know. <laughs> so Impressive. and it's again before San Siro visit, like. How is he this consistent? Did he just see San Siro tickets and went, oh shit, I gotta get me a red card, and then after the game he went, oh shit, it's a Milan game. It's not an intro game, fuck. Or he just saw the words Milan and he's like, oh shit. He just doesn't want to go to to Milan. (laughs) uh, People will see me in the streets and ask me if I'm coming back and I'll have to say no, oh my god. Yeah, it's weird. Quick sidebar Um, question. Who dips out more from matches? Uh, Mourinho? going to San Siro or Kyrie Irving going to Boston or Cleveland <laughs> I'm gonna go Ooh, that's a good one I'm gonna go with Kyrie I think Jose still travels to San Siro with the team he just hides in the bus <laughs> he just hides in the bus <laughs> in the in the trunk or the luggage compartment whatever the drive, the driver. He just turns out that he's the driver and goes and parks the bus. <laughs> Force of habit. Um, we have so many things to talk about this week. Actually, we have so many topics to cover. Um, a lot of stuff ha- has happened. Roma broke the curse against Cremonese. You predicted the score correctly. We won two one. Uh, with a penalty call, but you know, um, we beat Cremonese finally. We now have two two against them. Uh, we won two one twice, and then we lost two one twice, both last season. It was an interesting game. Um, what 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 I remember of it 
we were completely dunk shit in the first half. Everyone was losing their minds. Uh, people were jumping on this is unwatchable train, this is horrendous train, and some people were jumping on fire Jose train. And I was just sitting here and thinking, I've been saying that for a fucking year. If you don't believe me, listen to the first episode of our podcast. Um, <coughs> 11 months ago. So, yeah, we won. We managed to snatch the victory because after scoring that goal, Cremonese were just doing nothing. They kind of existed on the field as uh, traffic cones, which is weird because usually Roma is the traffic cone. So, so did, 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 you think, did you think that we looked amazing against Cremonese? Uh, no. The first half was pretty much completely unwatchable. Uh, the guy that I normally pick up in all my football manager saves, Frank Saju, scored uh, back in the 37th minute. Roma basically looked set, uh, set to just dig in and let them do their thing and wear out. We had no attacking uh, creativity at all until halftime when Dybala came in and uh, Andrea Bellotti went out. And then it, it took all the way up till the 77th minute uh, for Sadar Azumun to assist Lukaku. And then Dybala converted from a penalty. So, yeah, once once again, like, it's really damning when we have zero attacking creativity at all until Paulo Dybala comes on. I'm just... I know that we're strapped for cash. I know that um, we're losing our uh, director of sport, so I have no idea what we're gonna do. But we need some some ki- some type of player to come in and just I don't know have some thought to to bring the ball up into the attacking third because it just was not pretty to watch in the first half. And what, if, what if we don't need such a player? What if it's <laughs> there's this thing called strategy and tactics and set pieces where you can train your team to play together even though they're not creative enough. You create it for them. You tell them, hey, if you do this with the ball, then this guy will move here and then you can pass the ball to him. And then he can offset a through ball for this striker here who can leave it to the other striker who can score. I think that that's been I think that that's been uh, brought up in training. I do not think that we have the personnel to execute it because every time I'm watching uh, Roma matches, it's get the ball to the left wing back, Zalewski, Spinazzola, whoever, or, uh, you know, even to the right wing, Chalik and Karsdorp, and cross it in. And the crosses are horrible. And, uh, for example, I know this is skipping around a little bit, but uh, Roma also played Atalanta uh, yesterday, and Roma had 23 cross attempts and only completed four. <laughs> What? So I didn't know. So that. yeah, they like that's that's the strategy. Pocket, just put it in. Lukaku is going to be in there somewhere. And it's it's not very. It it's getting repetitive and predicted predictable. So I think that we need to go find another somebody to pair with Dybala 
and just have some extra thought and play through the middle because our our crossing strategy is not it, Chief. Yeah, I mean, one of those four uh, crosses against Atlanta was to Lukaku. It was behind his back as he complained to Spinazzola, but it was literally the only place that the ball could go and find him, and it did. And Lukaku just didn't stop moving forward for some reason, and uh, the ball went behind him. Yes, that's, that's I don't know. It's like, just practice something. Just, you know, try to know each other. Try to communicate and be like, hey, dude, I like the ball to be placed here, you know? Not like, hey, man, if there is somebody following you, just stop it. I'm going to give you the ball behind him so that you can take a shot. You know, that's easy. But whatever. It uh, it requires for two players of uh, different uh, ethnicities and nationalities and language origins to speak together, which is almost seems uh, a mission impossible. So, <coughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the first half against uh, Cremonese was terrible, and then the second half we woke up when uh, we put on 17 strikers. Uh, I'm pretty sure El Shiravi Spinazzola came in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. No, Spinazzola, uh, sorry, El Shiravi played from the start. Um, but yeah, yeah Dybala, Dybala came on, Christensen came on, and uh, Zanny Celik went out, Zalewski came on, Yorente went out, Asmoon came in, and Bove went out, and Spinazzola for Karsdorp. But it was interesting because we had zero players who were naturally a center back. Yeah, we had one. We started off with one, which was Yorente, and then Jose took him off and left uh, two CBs played by Karsdorp uh, and Cristante. Uh, sorry, not Karsdorp, Chalik and Cristante. And then Christensen, I think. Yeah, Christensen came yeah. on. <laughs> but, or yeah. Whatever. Like, so, why? Dude, how, how, how is that? How is that? A f- mm. That is so fucking frustrating. You're sending the only, like, you're taking off the only CB you have on the team to play two at the back. Why not do that always? Why, why, why? Just why can't you do that? You clearly don't need three at the back. Why do you insist on three at the back when you don't have the personnel to play a three at the back? And then you rely, like, that, stra- that formation itself relies on fucking wingers to be wingbacks. And we don't have players who know how to play wingback in this system, and you're not coaching them to play wingbacks in this system. So why the fuck do you insist on playing three at the back, which is taking one player out of the midfield, which we suck at, and then you're forcing us to play with two wingbacks who don't have chemistry with the fucking team? What the fuck are you doing? Like, I have never in my life played FM, and I know that's ridiculous. I don't have a brain that analyzes what the fuck is going on with strategies in football. I don't have a brain for that. I just see something on the pitch and think, well, they're not connecting with anybody. What is their purpose? For fuck's sake. It's, it's, uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. When I saw that, I got so fucking angry. We could have recorded podcasts that night. I just didn't want to fucking scream into the microphone for 10 minutes. It shows of being stupid about strategies and stubborn. Why do we need to play three at the back when it's so dog shit? Our midfield is so weak, we can park just one more extra player in the midfield. We can draw Dybala back into the midfield to have him play as a deep-lying playmaker that helps Paredes, that helps Cristante play, like, run more forward as he likes to lately, that helps Bova, that helps Pellegrini take the pressure off of him. For fuck's sake. It's, like, it's it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. 
thank you for listening to my TED talk about how much Jose sucks. Um, but we did fix that problem, though. Yes, we we did go get a we did go get a center back like immediately <laughs> we'll afterwards. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. That's that's a special segment. Um, all right, on to Atalanta game. Uh, I don't want to let cut you off for stuff happened. Stuff happened before the Atalanta game. Let's go in progression. I was thinking of just covering the games first because you know we want to have structure, and then we're going to talk about things that happened as well. In the yeah, meantime. but stuff happened before the game, so it all leads up to the game. Hmm. Okay. Go. Run. Yes. So talk. we go and win. <laughs> Win against our personal demon in Cremonese. So yeah. the what is it? Semi-finals are set, or is it the quarters? I think it's the quarters. Quarters. Qu- yeah. Quarterfinals are set. So Lazio Rome Derby. Uh, also in our bracket, the if we somehow beat Lazio, it's the winner of Juventus versus Frosinone. On the other side of the bracket, it's Bologna Fiorentina. Uh, take on the winner of Atalanta AC Milan. Okay. So, Napoli gone, Inter gone. Do you think that uh, Roma will beat Lazio uh, this coming Wednesday? Uh, it's also considered a Lazio home game. Yeah, I don't know. Roma doesn't play well away from home. I I genuinely don't have a clue. Like it's gonna be a hard game. It's gonna be a grueling game. It's gonna be not fun to watch for anybody. Um, it's gonna be very very passionate and tense atmosphere. And I don't know. Like I can see Lazio winning just because they are they have a better um strategy they probably prepare for the game whereas our preparation is going to be well we have three defenders and then everyone else can just stand around and pretend they're defending hey by the way when you guys have the ball just throw it at lukaku and he might score uh the ball is yes. probably going to play from start so if it goes to overtime extra time sorry the ball might not be on the pitch anymore so eh. we tried that strategy i thought we tried that strategy in the europa league final yeah didn't work out too well no. Um, um yeah, it's I can see us winning just in pure quality, but I expect a loss. We are not very good with uh Coppas and Lazio have won one recently, so <clears throat> all right. Yeah, I'll I probably will chalk it up to a Lazio win. Uh seems like they just have been playing like they want it more. Back, I want to say two years ago, there was a Twitter account that I follow, uh, Derasi's Tattoo, yeah. and they were like, "Roma is now the inglorious bastards of Syria. We have a bunch of people who want to just come out and take scalps, and we got a batch of winners now that Mourinho's the coach." And I'm like, I don't like at the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now after watching him, like I want off this fucking roller coaster of a ride. We're not. It's it's just a bunch of whiners and shithousery, and it just they they leave it up to like the last fifteen minutes, which isn't good for anybody's heart rate and blood pressure. So I just wish that Roma could 
finish the game off early and you know it would be nice but haven't we haven't seen that kind of dominance in a while so i'm ex- fully expecting a lazio win uh and our coppa italia quest stops in the quarterfinals yeah. also uh next bit of news tiago pinto uh, <laughs> has announced that he will no longer be with roma as of february 1st third i think it was supposed to be no whatever yeah he's out in february sometime um which may not be true anymore so <laughs> what do you mean well, there is rumors and news circulating that Thiago Pinto has already resigned uh, because basically Jose is good friends with uh, Dean Hoysen's dad and he wrapped up that uh, deal without Pinto, without even telling him or notifying or asking. Um, and Pinto was just like, I'm done with this crap. I'll see ya. And he just resigned. Um <coughs> Because it is the dumbest deal I've ever seen in my life, and I it doesn't fit anything Roma has trying has been trying to do, and it doesn't fit anything that an experienced director of sport or GM would ever do. So, um, we'll we'll talk about him later, I guess, as his on pitch performance against Atlanta. But we signed an 18 year old player straight out of Juventus Primavera, uh, who actually I think played for Juventus. Uh, earlier this season, I think. I'm not sure. Like, people have seen him play for Juventus, is what I'm saying. He looked impressive, and he basically came to Roma and uh, essentially said that he is trying to get playtime for Juventus and that he wants to compete for Juventus's uh, defense. And he just signed an extension with Juventus. Like, part of the deal that he would go to Roma was that he signs an extension with Juventus for four more years until 2028, I think. <clears throat> so essentially, Juventus sent us a player for us to develop him. Um, we don't have an option. It's the driest loan possible. And we sent them in return. Um, I forgot the Luigi name. Cherubini, Luigi Cherubini, who is our Primavera captain. Yeah, Luigi Cherubini. Uh, he was the Primavera captain and also left winger. We don't have any wingers, so, you know, it's fantastic. And people are pissed off about it, but, like, he was just not going to play. Yeah, apparently he wasn't going (laughs) to renew with Roma anyway. So might as well make hay while the sun's shining. Yeah. Speaking of hay, depending on how he does at Juve, uh, Roma get 50% resale value. So yeah. watch Juventus sell him off for like six million or some stupid low number, just for shits and giggles. Yeah, in ten years they might sell him to uh, Como or something. So yeah, I don't know. This is the dumbest deal I've like. Roma has officially become Fiorentina, where big teams sell, uh, either sell or send their overpaid players or kids to develop them or just overpaid players to try to not make them uh, have stinkers. So, yeah, I don't know. Pretty fucking horrible. Um, According to a commenter on an anonymous message board, 
Heisen's able to attack and defend in a 1v1. He's a typical Dutch center back. Uh, he has good shot accuracy. Uh, he has a good shot and he's very accurate with the ball. However, he uh, got some praise from Allegri, so it kind of went to his head and then he put up some horrible performances. But he's been playing with the next gen team down there in Serie C, so. Mm. Don't know. Mm. Now he's playing with Roma. I think, uh, yeah, since it's a straight loan, I think he's basically what we needed. We just needed a rental for four weeks while we wait for Evan Indica to get back from. It's an AFCON. 18 year old. Like, when, when you do that, you want to get somebody who's actually experienced and you know what you're going to get with him, not get an 18 year old who basically has no virtually no experience at the pro level. Um, to do what to have to like you're supposed to develop 18 year olds and give them like minutes you know of play time with the big boys in like last five or ten minutes of the game where you are like three nil up not the, what the fuck are we gonna do with an 18 year old that's, that's insane. considering considering say i don't know when uh indica comes back that's gonna be what february we still only have three CBs, and Jose insists yeah. on playing three CBs. At the... But so, you got. We... But I'm saying, I'm saying, like Indica doesn't come back till what February. So you have Heisen out there for the next match that he'd be eligible for is uh, Sunday against AC Milan, and then you have Verona, Salernitana, and Cagliari. So. We've had players come in as loanees or on like low budget transfers uh, or like with swap deals with teams where <coughs> they would play their asses off for like a month or a couple of weeks and that's pretty much it and they, they would just not see that much time. The most recent one that comes to mind was, uh, what's his name, Elvir Zukanovic, I think, the Bosnian player who played, if you remember, I don't know if you watched the game a few years ago, when he played with basically wrapped head and his bandage was bleeding. Guy had a concussion, just kept on playing, and he didn't care, and he played next game as well. He wasn't that good, but he played his ass off because it was, like, you know, his moment, his time to shine. But, yeah, I don't... Whatever. We brought in a player that is supposed to be developed in a very short time for Jose to develop him, and Jose doesn't develop shit. He can't even develop film, let alone players. I don't know. It's a dumb transfer. That said, at Atalanta, he looked really good. Uh, against Atalanta, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty solid. He came on at halftime, I think, and he didn't disappoint. He did make a mistake early on. <coughs> it wasn't too terrible. Um, other than that, he almost scored. He almost, um, I don't know what I wanted to say with almost, but he didn't play bad. His positioning was all right. He got frustrated a few times that uh, defenders kept doing dumb, or midfielders kept doing dumb stuff with the ball instead of passing it to him. He, he... would get like, his, eye, his arms wide stretched out and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Just pass me the ball. He played 45 minutes, uh, had one clearance, one tackle, was dribbled past once. Uh, he was involved in three ground duels, won one of them, was involved in two aerial duels, won one of them, lost possession six times, and fouled one time. He cool. was uh, 39 of 45 on passing with an 87% successful pass rate. 
Yeah, not not bad, not bad. Solid passing, but um, whatever. He was rated uh, six point eight. You can and the average have... the average Roma rating was six point eight. So bang average. Bang average. <laughs> um. So against Atalanta, I guess we we were all right. Um. Not bad. First half. Um, we'll look at the good despite conceding the goal, I guess. And then in the second half, it was just a bunch of. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we were able to equalize on, with a penalty. And here's what I don't understand it was a really bad uh, misplay from Atalanta defender who. Stabbed, I guess, Spinazzola or whoever, in the leg. Yeah, Ruggieri went and played for the ball and uh, put it, the back of his boot into the back of Karsdorp's leg. So. Kars Karsdorp? Karsdorp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't the first half. If fucking, I've, I don't know, man. I had to see this replay like ten times to figure out what what he did because it was just so weird. Karsdorp fell left like seven seconds after the contact. <laughs> Whatever. Referees checked the VAR and went like, "Wow, that's a penalty!" And they absolutely did not have to. They could have just said, ah, "It's accident." Like it's a penalty, hundred percent. But I'm just saying, we've seen weirder decisions that could have gone to like, "Nah, that's an accident, bro." Um, and apparently, after getting two penalties in two games, Roma is still somehow. Uh, has the referee bias against us, which I do not understand. All of our players, all of our staff on the bench, all of the coaches swarm the referees, yell at the referees, swear at the referees. How the fuck do you expect anybody to not have a bias against us? Like, it's just, what, what, what do you expect? Of course they hate you. You think somebody wants to deal with 20 screaming man children? Like, for fuck's sake. Nobody's gonna go into a game and be like, yes, yes, Roma, I like these guys, I'm going to referee a fair game. No. <laughs> At best, what we can expect is that they try to just stay clean, cover their mistakes, not make any stupid mistakes, like, hmm, yes, clear handball, uh, no penalty. Like, that's it. They don't have to do any favors toward this team, and they won't. Because they're under so much pressure, created by none other than, you know, the man who receives red card every third game. Because uh, I'm sorry to say, but like, again, comparing to the previous era, we had Fonseca and his Roma argue with the referee once a month. And that was like Pellegrini after getting fouled for the 12th time in the game, and Pellegrini goes to the referee and goes, where the fuck is the yellow card? Do, do, do you need to be killed or leg broken before I give a yellow card? And the referee goes, hmm, yes, yes, okay, interesting, yeah. Like, that... <laughs> And it gives a yellow card later. Like, I don't know. Referees didn't have anything against us. I don't remember having anything against the referees during Fonseca era. Because we didn't fucking do anything with the referees. It was, why, why? Why? Why is this part of the game? Why does this have to be part of the game? For any other reason. And I cannot think of anything except to find an excuse of, Oh, it's the referees. They don't like us. That's why the bad results. Again, it just screams of ineptitude, it just screams of having no, like, it's just anger issues. And why do you get angry? You get angry because you don't know what to do, you don't have any plans, 
you have no idea what's uh, how to react in the situation, so you get angry. And we get angry because we don't know what we're fucking doing with the ball. We have no idea how to attack, we have no idea how to score. Players feel frustrated, and then they have permission or encouragement from Jose to go swarm the referee every chance they get. Of course they're going to do that. They're the ones playing. <sighs> Whatever. Um, uh, let me see. Close. Yeah. Um, I was browsing our soccer for some reason. I don't know. But that there was a commenter that said that uh, where's a good place to pick it up? Yeah, from the way from the way people complain about Mourinho and the referees, you'd think he's constantly fighting with every referee. But if you were to pay a bit of attention to what matches he's been carded in or what matches have had some controversy, you'd always find the same names over the past two and a half seasons. Names such as uh, Pareto, Chifi, Aureliano, Rapano, and Maresca, who uh, Aureliano was the referee yesterday. And one one of the referees... One of the referees has an entire whose entire family has beef with Mourinho. So, how do you have? How, okay, just thinking. Thirty years ago, you cannot be a coach of a team if it's famous that you're beefing with a family of a referee. Nobody would hire as a coach because you're a liability. Have we forgotten what liability means today? How do you have beef with a referee's family? And then, I don't know. Even, even worse, how do you have beef with the referee's family as a coach of a team? How do you accomplish that? Aren't you supposed to be on the lookout for your team? And, you know, being creating connections everywhere, being good with everybody so that you can, you know, help influence your team? Like, how do you think Draymond Green is able to scream at referees all game long and not get technical fouls? You know how? Because he doesn't say a single swear word. He knows how to how to talk to the referees. He talks to the referees all the time. He asks them how their kids are. He's friendly with with them. He says, "Hey man, I I, I met your wife for lunch yesterday. She and my wife went shopping. Hey, how's you know?" And then he goes and yells at the referees in a way of, "Hey, he touched my he pulled my leg and then he hit my head. You can't do this. You come on. You need to open your eyes. You got to protect me. This is not good." That's how he screams at the referees. Meanwhile, no referees hate Draymond Green. All the referees hate Jose Mourinho because he goes out in public and goes, well, today we saw a human tragedy, we saw travesty, we saw a miserable excuse of a human being, referee, a game, I don't know how that's allowed. And you think not only him, but other referees will care for you? Fuck off. Yeah. Horrible. But yeah, uh, Jose actually leads Syria in red cards with three. <laughs> Among coaches or players? Both. <laughs> seriously seriously <sighs> I can't wait for this era to end I want something to talk about it's not Jose Mourinho I want something to talk about it's football I want to discuss things like we have now news to discuss and what news is it a player arrived on a loan uh, Pinto quit and Roma is rudderless like that's the things we have to discuss and it's finally something like it's negative but it's finally something that's not just how much we suck. Anyway, <coughs> going Roma back, won, Roma won. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Roma won six out of twenty-four possible points against big teams in Serie A, and I don't know if this is like since this year or this season or 
Since it's got to be this season. That number is too low. Yeah. Um. But yeah, weird. I don't know. It's we we kind of. What's the rest of the statistic? Big. What's big? What's the big teams like? What teams are they? I'm guessing Lazio, Milan, Inter, Napoli, Juventus, and I don't know Fiorentina. <laughs> Fiorentina is bigger than Roma at this point. Eh. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 number has to be this season. Yeah, it, it can't it can't be so. It Roma can't it can't now. be the last three years or whatever. Hey, remember when Lo, when Roma when Roma was in fourth place? Now we're eighth, one oh. point ahead of Napoli, two points ahead of Torino. Wow. <laughs> so we can finish as low as ninth this season, uh, because not you know Torino are not horrible. Torino just kicked some ass. Did they? They did. Uh, I think they. I think they just beat Napoli. Oh yeah, they did. They beat Napoli, who are sitting uh, behind Roma with one point and ahead of Torino one point. So yeah, Torino. Torino won three not three nil. So let's great. see how that went. Napoli are falling apart, and who yes. could have predicted? Everybody except Aurelio Di Laurenti. Um, all right, so I want to mention one more thing before we move on. Um, I love, I absolutely love the argument of uh, we played better, we played well, we did good, we had possession. First of all, this Atalanta is nowhere near the Atalantas that we've known and seen and gotten used to in the last half a decade. <coughs> not by quality, not by anything. Um, they had Skamaka, who didn't really do that much, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he came off an injury or something. Like, he came in at halftime and he was supposed to be covered or marked by Hoysen. Um I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I was taught by a, a, a certain Dutch friend and yeah, I forgot. Uh, yeah, Skamaka had like one chance, I think, and then nothing came out of it, but I don't know. It wasn't that threatening. Atalanta give possession away, <coughs> and they don't really care. Like they will let you have possession, and they are not as well drilled as they used to be. So, <coughs> while well, it's great that we didn't lose, sorry, I'm finishing. It's great that we didn't lose. Uh, also, Atalanta is kind of not really that good of a team. So, what fucking ever? If we played better, quote unquote, and if we attacked more, and if we had more possession. We did nothing with that fucking possession. Roma, 55% possession, 16 total shots, 6 shots on target. Atalanta, 45% possession, 8 total shots, 2, per- two <laughs> shots on target. Roma finished with a 2.07 expected goals. Atalanta had a 0.74. Yeah, I mean, who cares about extra? Like I, like I said, Roma, Roma had uh, 23 cross attempts uh, against Atalanta and only completed 4 of them. You know, every time XG is brought up, I just kind of... I don't like, like XG either. I, you, you have I to, don't. But you have to look at averages. Like, Roma underperforms in XG so hard that saying, oh, Roma had 3 XG and Atlanta had 0.07. Yeah, but when you take away of like our underperformance in XG every single week, that comes out to about 0 versus 0, you know? <coughs> 
like we're a team Wrong. that doesn't practice finishing <laughs> which we we were talking about the xg expected goals is from teams that can finish goals and score goals we don't practice finishing we don't practice shooting we don't practice team like creative creating anything in attack and we're like well, let's talk about xg expected goals that's why we don't score them because <laughs> roma had are- five big chances and four big chances missed yes and one was a penalty so Yes, they had and yes, they had six corner kicks to Atalanta's five, fourteen free kicks to Atalanta's thirteen. So yeah. it was it was fairly even, um, except for the big chances and big chances missed because Atalanta had two and had two big chances and missed one. So, do you think Mancini is going to get suspended for the headlock slam? On Charles de Catarle. No, because he didn't get he didn't get a card out of it. Uh, can't they like take a look at it and suspend him or something in the retrospect? I don't think so. Maybe yeah. Okay. Probably gets a stern warning first because that I think that that should have been blatant in the first. Like that was pretty obvious. I don't know why VAR didn't look at it. I think they but, just missed it. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're watching then, because they're supposed to be watching football, but I guess they were watching a different game. Yeah. Uh, so, next up, Milan. Yes. Um, what do you think? We are playing in Milan after lots of derby, which we may or may not lose. Milan are currently sitting third, very comfortably, seven points behind Juve and six points ahead of third pl- or fourth place, which right now is Fiorentina. Yeah, I, I don't see a win. I think it's going to be like three <laughs> nil. It's 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 not even close, unfortunately. Yeah. Last now that we're into the second half of the season, uh, it's we well back. Back in September when we played them, they won Milan one two one. And uh it honestly should have been two nil because Pinazola <laughs> scored in garbage time. So Yeah. That um, that game Roma had thirteen shots, two on target. Uh Milan had nine with four and they had fifty eight percent possession. And they got and yeah, they got a red card in the sixty first minute. So and it 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 took it took freaking thirty minutes for Roma to find the back of the net with Milan reduced to ten men. Yeah. So if Milan get a red card, we might not lose. So, um it's gonna come down to I guess Dybala. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jose is going to run the ball into the ground because he's the cup genius, you know, he's the cup master. <sighs> Whatever, I'm not mocking Jose at this point. I'm just mocking people who are like, oh my god, he gets results done. Well, it's not that hard to beat Vitesse and fucking Leicester City. Um, Apparently it's hard you... to beat anybody in your own domestic <laughs> league. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should treat Serie A as a cup that's played every weekend, every Sunday. Uh, do you think Dubal is having a poor form right now? No. Well, yes and no. Mostly because he's hamstrung by injuries into his hamstring. 
Yeah, his finishing is kind of blah, and I feel honestly that he's not even showing up on the pitch that much. Like, he comes on and we're like, oh my god, he comes with creativity. I I don't see him doing that much, I don't know. Like, he, he is, he's in there, but no different than Jordan Veretout would be there, no different than, you know, Rajan Angolan would be there. I he he's had some shots against was it Cremonese or was it <coughs> the previous game where he was just missing everything. He had sitters and he was just missing. I don't know. Was uh, it I think it was Cremonese because he came on he came on in the forty fifth minute and like he like I said, he was good at getting he was good at bringing some attacking identity but in the end he wasn't the one that contributed to the goal but when he's on you have to you as an as a defender you have to either double him or you know lock him down somehow and that left uh as moon open to get get lukaku the goal so yeah it's I, I feel like we've come to the point where teams figured out how to play against Dybala, how to play against Lukaku, how to play against Roma, and the the, the new factor has worn off. Because everybody essentially settles into the system that the team has instead of you know relying on their instincts and what they've learned on their previous managers and previous teams and instincts. And right now, I feel like Dybala is kind of settled into Roma's mediocrity where nothing gets done and he tries some things, but kind of is like, eh, whatever. Not my fault. And Lukaku is camping there in the post, tries to get something done. He does his thing, he's his things, and um, he just goes, eh, not my fault. Not my problem. Then, I don't know. I feel like Bobe is the only player who's trying to make a name for himself and still playing. He's trying to do things. Like, he's trying to get tackles done. He's trying to get passes in. He's trying to retrieve the ball. He's trying to keep possession, pass the ball. Like, he doesn't seem like he's obsessed with what's his job and what's not his job. <coughs> Everyone else seems very much settled. Um,. To me, that kind of speaks about Bobby's mentality, I guess. And I don't know if you caught this. There was a interview with Pinto for the Athletic or something. Uh, yes, I read I, that. There was something that you might know this better than me. There was something that Pinto said there that they were focusing on developing Roma's youth, uh, integrating them more into the senior squad, but not only on the pitch, but also they've like given them. Um, they gave him a nutritionist. They gave yeah. him somebody to sp- uh, get them adjusted to speaking with the media. Yeah. So yeah, they went out of the way because that's what uh, Pinto did uh, at Benfica. Is he was good at get developing the youth players. But I think part of the problem, the difference that he says in the article is like he had to sell here to. Because Roma is more in financial problems than Benfica, so he had to sell the youth. And you said that there was somebody else that you were talking to about coming on. They said that he had an exceptional scouting network for the youth players. So I can't wait. 
I'm curious to see when he leaves how the Primavera will end up. Like, it feels like Roma's Primavera has always been pretty good. It just hasn't <laughs> been good enough to break onto uh, at a starting level. But, you know, Tahirovic, I think, is starting at Ajax. And um, who else left? Two went to Sassuolo. Yeah, what we've had it? some. I forgot who it was. Um, Mopato in Missouri. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like I, uh, with Pinto worked... leaving, with Pinto leaving, I I do applaud him. He was able to uh, meet the financial fair play restrictions without getting rid of any name brand players. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get rid of the dead weight, and of course, also in that article. It was talking about the. Um, let me. I have the article right here. I'm trying to find it. He was saying like there was the when he inherited from uh, he who shall not be named. There was more than I think. It, I want to say like there was 80 contracts, and he was able to lose most of them. <coughs> yeah so here we go so the squad that Pinto inherited was a mess left by uh, Manji we had more than 70 players under contract Pinto recalls most of them were non-key players I don't want to mention all of them but everyone remembers Pastore and Zonzi Santon even beyond Korchich uh, and Riccardi yeah so but he was able to get rid of all if not all but most of the dead weight like 90% of the dead weight so yeah he was um people criticized him for underselling or selling for a very low price but like he got rid of them at the point we didn't really we didn't need the money coming in as much well, we as do we but not that badly <laughs> with no like, our owners might need it, but I don't think they cared. Um, they don't seem to care. Like, they're not going to care about a few million when they're paying 500 million for that. What we did need is to get rid of the salaries because of the new FP system, which focuses more on the salaries than... <coughs> Sorry, on plus, <coughs> plus Valenza. Um, yeah. My cough is kind of getting worse now, so... Mar- like, for example, uh, Chengi Zunder went to Leicester, then Marseille, and uh, Paulo Lopez went to Marseille also. So for the pair, uh, they were able to get $25 million for the two of them. So, and good. vastly overpaid for them. Yeah, and we severely overpaid for both of them. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. But anyway, with Pinto leaving... Uh, do you think that Roma is going to completely clean house, get rid of Mourinho, or Mourinho will leave in <clears throat> some point hmm. soon? So, <coughs> sorry, I think Jose uh, was hired by accident. I don't think the Friedkins did any investigative work. I think that was their mistake. That they kind of Apparently Pinto them. brought him here. Yeah, but like, I think it was their mistake to just take the biggest name <coughs> that was available, and they were like, "Oh shit, Jose's available! Hell yeah, let's go!" Because they knew Jose, like they knew of his name, and um, 
maybe Pinto brought him. I don't know, but like ultimately, it, it wasn't Pinto's uh, de- decision. Uh, he's just a GM of Roma. He's not CEO. He's not director. He's not the owner. <clears throat> he's not one of the suits. Um, Friedkin's paired a guy who focuses on youth with a guy who has no idea what youth is. Um, Jose gives a chance to a young player, and then people go like, "Oh my God, look, he's developing the youth." No, he, that's that's not what development is. Um, <clears throat> sorry, if you want to look at successful development, you look at Benfica, Ajax, Monaco. Um, do you remember when, for example, Man United bought Anthony Martial for seventy million from Monaco? Nobody's ever heard of that kid. Like everyone was like, "What the? F- who is? What is Anthony Martial?" Um, yeah, that's Monaco is famous for developing players. You know where Kylian Mbappe came from? Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not developing players, because if if you want to talk about the coach who develops players, then you have to give examples of big sales. Roma was able to sell players for thirty million consistently over the years, back when thirty million was you know decent amount of money. It's like Mo Salak's worth was forty million back then. That's before. The Neymar sale, which blew the roof on uh, every on the transfer market, <clears throat> but well, or blew the roof off of the transfer market. They paired uh, a guy who strictly wants to bring foreign players into Primavera to like work with talents and incorporate them into the first squad to connect the Primavera and the top squad, and then. Jose is a coach who wants old players. His one of his famous line is "Give me the old players, I'll, I'll win the Serie A." Well, <clears throat> you have them now, and you're not really winning shit. You chased. Well, to be fair, example. one of them is out until I think there was a time frame of him coming back in March. <coughs> Tammy Abraham. Oh, so he's not old. Told to me, he's been here for two seasons. <laughs> uh, three now. Well, this is the third. Well, yeah, but he hasn't played. And apparently, like, you know, they were going to sell him or something this season. And, of course, he gets his ACL torn in the last fucking game of the Serie A campaign last year. Yeah. Classic. So, but, <clears throat> yeah. could, could Roma... Um, could Roma, with a good coach, uh, could could a mediocre team with a good coach achieve more than a good team with a mediocre coach, like Napoli? I mean, do you think a lot? Do you think Bologna is mediocre? I think they're trash. <clears throat> they're well, composed of trash. Their best player is Orsolini by far. Like he's the only good player. Like, I wouldn't call him a star, but he's the only good player in that squad, and look, they're dominating. They're just monstering through the <coughs> Serie A campaign this year. Their their best player without Orsolini is Calafiori, who is playing as a central back, central defender. Like, that's insane, and that's what the good coach does. He gets the best out of, out of his players. Like, Pjanic was the genius, the brain, the most creative player in Europe, blah, 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 whatever. And then when he went to join Allegri at Juventus, he was trash. <clears throat> he was not even benched, he was stadiumed. <laughs> and then he was traded to Barcelona, where he was just 
told not to show up for practice because he would just be a waste of, of place in the locker room. <clears throat> That's what amazing coaches are capable of doing. They get you to perform better than you really are or better than other coaches would. Um, then again, Nap- Napoli is a great example. Like We don't know if Osimhen is really that good anymore because Spalletti was able to get out of him more than <clears throat> any other coach did. We... I mean, he's still, you know, superstar, but I'm just saying, we don't know how he's going to perform elsewhere because we saw him with Spalletti and we saw him with Garcia slash Mazzarino. Um, <clears throat> Napoli look very thin this season, for example. They don't look like they have any depth, depth sorry, because their coach doesn't make anybody look good. So, I don't know. It's weird. I think... Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what to think. I think Napoli is better than their score suggests because they just don't have proper coaching. And I think Roma is way better than the the points suggest and the no score suggests. But <coughs> we don't have any football systems. I genuinely have no idea what to do in practice, and it's obvious that they don't really know either. It's probably all conditioning and running around. I don't know. So. But... To, to answer your question about Pinto, um, I, I, I can see that the Friedkins might try to retain Jose and hire somebody who could bring um, better players, I guess, negotiate with better players, like no more higher quality players. They might try to brute force it, but with the FFP and with everything that's going on, um, <clears throat> I think the Friedkins might sell Roma, and I think it's not only cleaning house, but I honestly think they might just be like, okay, we've we we spent too much time in this. This is too difficult with having to find a new director of sport, new coach, new players, new captain, new everything. <coughs> Especially if the CEO leaves for Saudi Arabia, uh, Lina Suluk. I think they might just sell the team just to like Saudi or Qatari owners. Um, <clears throat> I don't see why they would want to stay in this because I'm not entirely sure if the Friedkins see Roma as something they want to like. I'm not sure if they are treating Roma the same way that Roman Abramovich, for example, treated Chelsea. Um, <clears throat> Roman Abramovich sunk a lot of his own money. Uh, he never missed any games. He wanted Chelsea to win titles, and he was unscrupulous with it. Like he cheated the FFP and cheated all of the possible systems there are in Europe to get to the point where Chelsea can just spend a bunch of money on players. Friedkins are Friedkins are not really doing that, but they're trying to invest a lot of money, but it's obviously not working. So I think for them there is three possible choices now. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, try to do your own thing. Like, maybe they go with Mota, maybe they don't rebuild, but they try to keep going and whatever. Uh, hire mediocre <clears throat> directors and keep trying to find, like, foreigners. Like, um, Vivel, I think. The guy who was benched at Chelsea. I forgot if that's him. Uh, one moment. I will find it. Okay, I cannot find it anymore. 
there was a one of the one of the directors at Chelsea. He was not really like sporting director, but something underneath, and he was fired within five months from Chelsea. It appears that he might be a front runner for the Roma job. I don't know. Um, there is a way of just cleaning coal house, as you said, and just revamping the entire team, starting with Italian youth, investing in local talent like Orsolini, for example, and getting rid of all expensive players, including Pellegrini and Cristante and Mancini. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Or there is just simply a way that they keep Jose and keep trying to get him stars to win something with. But I think at this point, Jose doesn't want to stay. I think Fritkins don't really want Jose anymore. I don't think it's good for anybody if Jose stays in Roma because his legacy is fading. He's not earning that much money at Roma. And I think after this season, he will have one more last chance to go to Saudi Arabia before he's considered an overrated coach because people are already starting to see that like, there is no way you are achieving this poorly with a team this this, this good on paper, at least. <clears throat> Pellegrini was best player in Serie A two years ago. Um, Cristante is considered the Iron Man of Serie Like, if we're talking positives, he's considered, like, you know, the most stalwart, most consistent midfielder in Serie A. You have Smalling, who was, I want to say refurbished, um, revived in Serie A. You have Lukaku Dybala. You have... Stefan Al-Sharavi being great. Spinazzola was amazing before Jose arrived. Like, sure, he got injured, but he's still the player that he was before the injury. He just wouldn't use him like that. Um, I don't know. I feel it's time to clean house, and I'm not sure what the things we're going to do. My biggest fear is that they just keep trying to brute force wins instead of building something and instead of having a plan. I feel like they just don't have a plan anymore, which is kind of sad. But yeah, like teams like Atlanta and Bologna have a plan. <clears throat> what yeah, would you I'd like to see our. I'd like to see our plan. <laughs> you would like to see a plan. I just want to see a plan. I don't even give a shit. Like I want something that we can talk about, something positive. Like we can only focus on the negatives nowadays because nothing is working. And when people go like, oh, well, the comments so negative. Well, nothing is working. What You want me to be positive about us losing? Sure, if we are rebuilding. But this is year seven of Cristante and Pellegrini. This is year three of Jose, and nothing is changing. There is no difference whatsoever. We've been watching this Roma for seven years, have the same issue in the midfield. With one exception, when Fonseca benched Cristante or had him play in defense. That's the only time we didn't have a midfield problem. We had a defense problem. <laughs> so, yeah. <coughs> Fun times anyway. ahead. Fun times ahead. Yeah. So, to wrap up, we have Lazio Derby Wednesday for the Coppa Italia and then AC Milan Sunday. Uh, let's see. Let me do some quick math. Six hours, eight forty-five p.m. Your European time. European. Yes. I'm predicting two losses. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't feel like there's anything that we could really end on a positive. You know, here's here's a question. Uh, if if Josen loses the next two games, is he gone? Does he just say, you know what, I'm done. See you. I honestly don't know. I I think that the Friedkins probably would keep him around. I don't. I think they'd keep him around. I don't know if he'd stay around though. But you know, <laughs> I have the scene from Entourage where uh, Ari Gold hires uh, professional and like NFL coaches to come in and uh, motivate his troops, and we just <laughs> hire Jose as like the just motivating guy keep him around the pitch like you know if he just yells random motivating stuff at people doesn't matter who they are so like a gardener comes around this you know what are the plants and Jose is motivating the guys like, yeah dude great just plants need some water man you're the best water planting guy uh whatever honestly I uh... I'm pretty sure I said this uh, at the start of the season. I don't know. I'll take a look at my calendar. I'm pretty sure I called that Mourinho would be out in February. <laughs> I think so as well. Uh, yeah, I said that he'd be out. I said he'd be out by February. What? You've been you've been spot on on some things lately. Uh, one one last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up, um, or as a final topic, Jose's documentary is coming out soon. If you didn't already, I don't know. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Are you gonna watch it and be like, mm, yes, interesting? No, it's on Netflix. I'm not paying for Netflix. <laughs> but okay, if hypothetically I gave you my Netflix login, would you watch it? Hypothetically, I go watch anything else that I wanted to watch on Netflix for the last couple of years that I've talked myself out of watching because I don't need to get Netflix again. I need you to, I need to spot you with some uh, some completely legal websites for watching stuff um, yes. in HD. So yeah, I don't know. I I feel like ResidentMarinoSucks.vid.com. It would. <laughs> That's gonna be the website of my new business. Uh, I feel like I feel like honestly, or Tatum sucks. I honestly, Jose has ruined the experience. Like I would have watched it before he came here because I thought he was, you know, a great dude. But now, no, no, he's ruined the experience for me. Honestly, I don't know. <clears throat> but yeah. Anyway, what's up? Yes, speaking of ruined experiences, it's I, time need to to go, I need to go ruin some dinner plans. What? What does it mean? It means I need to go. Oh. I need to I go can... drown my sorrows out. After talking about Roma, there's only one thing I can do, and that's go depression eat. <laughs> All I'm, right. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling like nachos bathed in sadness. <laughs> well, um... Thank you for joining me for this episode again. And thank you for talking to me about Roma. And uh, thank you for listening to my rant. And uh, thank you for pulling up stats. 
Wait, it's not Thanksgiving. Never mind. Bye. Bye.